Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of That Football Stats Podcast. In this one, we're going to do a couple of things. I'm going to talk about some of the January transfer window stories that have uh, popped up, uh, including Henderson's exit. He's uh, leaving with his tail between his legs so slightly. And um, I'm also going to introduce something called the Trends Digest, where we'll take a look at the Trends page and we're going to put together a double. And it is a double from the Football League, and it is a over 2.5 goals bet and a BTTS bet. And we're also going to take a look at a ton of games, not a ton of games that take ages, but quite a few games from the trends section. We'll start today with some transfer stories um, that you might have missed in and around the Premier League. And uh, one of the ones that stuck out to me, maybe a bit low-key, given that he was at Man United, he's gone back to Tottenham, it is um, Sergio Reguillon. And he is going to join Brentford. And I think that could be a, a pretty crucial signing for them because they've really missed Henry down that left-hand side. He was on the brink of the England team. He was probably one of the left back, the best left-backs in the Premier League across the last 18 months. And losing him to a long-term injury, losing Ivan Toney, who is you know potentially another player that might be on the move. He said he, he will not rule it out. He came out um, in an interview yesterday. Another interview. He's been doing quite a few of them since he's... Uh, been unbanned from football and you know can't blame the media for wanting to speak to him but at the same time you know just just get back on the pitch Ivan and do your talking on the pitch I'm sure people or rather clubs will be interested in you especially give if you can recapture the form that you showed last season and it brings me on to another story with uh, Chelsea uh, Armando Brogia he is apparently on the transfer list they are looking to raise some funds, they've put a price tag of about £50 million on him. Now, based on this season, I wouldn't say he's worth that. He still seems to be finding his fitness after, a, a, again, a long-term injury. Um, plenty of them for Chelsea. But he would be a great signing for someone like Fulham, um, Crystal Palace. Those two stick out straight away. They, they, they are a good striker away from bumping up a few places in the table, you know, long-term. Um, especially Crystal Palace, if you've got Elise and Eze either side of someone that can guarantee you goals. And I think Brozier, if he can recapture that form that he showed at Southampton, and uh, I know that that's all we've got to go off, but he's not really done much at Chelsea. He scored a nice header the other day, and he certainly can finish, but he seems like a player that if he doesn't have that sharpness, that edge, then you're taking quite a lot away from his game. You know, if he, if he, if he gets any slower... Um, it might affect his game. I don't think he's worth 50 million, but we'll see what happens there. Chelsea looking to raise some funds to buy a striker, possibly Ivan Tony, but I'm sure Arsenal will be also looking at him in this window. Now to Saudi Arabia, we'll stick with the transfers because um, I've not really spoken about transfers on this podcast before. And I think, you know, why not? It is January, can make it a bit of a, a transfer window special. Jordan Henderson on his way to Ajax. He's had his contract terminated. Um, he leaves Saudi Arabia with uh, maybe his tail between his legs, a bit of egg on his face. Um, he just couldn't, you know, hack it. And I don't think there's any shame in that. But um, the circumstance in which he went and, you know, the, the sort of interviews before heading there, it would have been better if he just did a, uh, who's the guy that went from Wolves? Neves, Ruben Neves. He he came out, you know, a couple of months into his Saudi career and just said, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the money, of course, the, you know, because he understands that the general public isn't stupid. Maybe Henderson was incredibly naive and actually believed that he could improve the crowd. I mean, the crowd, average crowd is about 8,000 um, for their games, and it didn't even increase 
when he signed. I mean, he's not exactly a marquee exciting signing, is he? He's not the Beckham of the, the Saudi Pro League. Not when you've got Ronaldo there, Benzema, even Kante you know, probably draws more fans than Henderson. Um, Mares, you know, th- th- there are more players in that league that I would be excited to go and watch than Jordan Henderson. I think the deal came about because of Gerard. I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Gerard bringing in Henderson and uh, El Itifak, is it? They are, um, you know, not performing at all. Gerard surprised he's still there. I wonder how long it is before he follows Henderson and just says, yeah, this was not worth it. This was something that I did do for the money, of course. And now it's time to head back to England or Europe and um, see what I can do. What do you think this will do for, for Gerard's coaching career? Because on one hand, it's like he goes there and he's got a mishmash of of players from all over the place, really, on all kinds of wages. And I mean that because he's not got a, a squad full of superstars, far from it. So it is quite hard, you would imagine, to coach when you've got some players at a certain level and then you've got other players at a very, very low level. But still, it is a results-based business. and He's not been able to really inspire them to do anything, despite having some very good players in that team. And finally, on the Saudi Pro League, uh, Benzema could be on his way to Europe. That could be exciting, couldn't it? One last dance for the uh, Ballon d'Or winner previously. He wins the Ballon d'Or and then just sort of goes to Saudi. And that season, obviously, he was fantastic for Real Madrid. Um, a real surprise that he went there. But again, money talks, doesn't it? And th- the amount of money that he must be making um, is astronomical. And, and that's, you know... yeah. <laughs> How much loyalty do these players actually have to Saudi Arabia? And I think that's what we're going to see now. How many players will want to leave in January, having pocketed well over 10 million or something? If they've been there for you know in the space of a year, even six months, some of these contracts, they're going to be making a, a ton of money. And it means that you know maybe in China you had to stay there for four or five years to get the same amount of money that you are now getting in Saudi Arabia on a one-year contract or, or even in Henderson's case, a six-month contract. Now, Henderson will have to pay some taxes when he returns, but he's still going to be in profit from this little stint in Saudi Arabia. And I think we'll see quite a few players just weighing that up. You know, Ruben Neves, he said he was there for the money. How long is he going to stay for the money when there is clubs knocking at the door to try and sign him in the next six to 12 months? So Benzema, yeah, I mean, you could see him uh, going to Chelsea potentially, just as a bit of a stopgap before they maybe sign Ossiemen in the summer or go in for Ivan Tony. He also strikes me as the kind of signing that Man United would make. Um, and that's not to say it would be the right signing. Maybe a loan deal would be. It reminds me of the sort of Henrik Larsson loan deal that they did back in the day. And he was fantastic when he came to Man United. And what a, what a, what a thing that he could do at that stage in his career to play for Man United and actually... Um, still just bang in the goals and prove that he you know, could do it for a, for a team like Man United. But I think the, <laughs> the, the pre-Ineos Man United, certainly the Man United of the last five, ten years, they would have signed Benzema now and given him a six-year contract on 300 grand a week. That's, that's the kind of club they've been. So I think a loan deal probably works for everybody, but that's not just the case for Man United. You could even see Real Madrid going back in. They're struggling with strikers at the minute. Real Madrid bringing him back just for, again, one last dance. He wouldn't have to, you know, learn anything, would he? There'd be no bedding in period. He would just pick up where he left off, which was Ballon d'Or winner. Welcome to a new section of the podcast as well. This is the Trends Digest. 
Um, it's Thursday as I record this, so I'm going to go across the trends pages and pick out some interesting games, and I'll just give you a bit of detail about the stats around that game. So first up, from the strong home teams, Real Madrid, they've won 8 out of 9, and they come into this game on Sunday, this one, against Almeria, who have not won a single game away from home. So they played 10, won 0, and they've actually lost 9 out of 10. Real Madrid come into this on the back of a El Clasico victory, so you would expect them to get the job done here. In terms of uh, the odds, it is one point. One three, so an alert might be worthy on this one, just in case they start slow. And just like Real Madrid, we've got uh, a powerhouse in Germany as well, Munich, unbeaten at home, and they are hosting Werder Bremen. So historically, might have been a bit of a closer game, but just like Almeria, Werder Bremen are winless away from home. They've played eight and they've lost sixty-three percent of games. They've conceded two point one three goals per game as well. So by Munich again. You would expect them to get the job done. Now on to a bit of BTTS and uh, Brighton still topping the lists on the trends page and especially this week because they're playing Wolves who have scored in 80% of away games this season. And for Brighton, their home games have averaged 3.6 goals per game. They have scored in every single home game and every home game has ended with BTTS landing. I mentioned the scoring record of Wolves. They have scored in 80% of games, but they've also conceded in 90% of away games as well. So that could be one to look out for. And that one is on Monday, um, 7.45, Monday Night Football. Now we'll take a look at some stronger away teams. Usually get better odds here. Although this first game, um, you're not going to get good odds for this team at any time this season. I think PSV absolutely flying in the Eredivisie. Away from home, they've played eight, they've won eight, they've scored 3.75 goals per away game and conceded 0.25 goals per game. They are absolutely flying and some of their players are attracting serious interest from some of the major clubs in Europe. Liverpool especially are interested in PSV forward Johan Bakayoko. They've been linked again with him this month. They bought Cody Gakpo from PSV as well. They've uh, produced some really good players and they, as I say, they are absolutely bossing it, smashing it. Nobody can get close. They will be champions in the Eredivisie, and uh, that's that game is on Sunday. They're away from home, where, as I say, they've won every single game. Other strong home teams this weekend include Feyenoord, also in the Eredivisie. They've won six of their eight away games. Bayer Leverkusen as well. They're playing at tea time on Saturday. They are still unbeaten, top of the Bundesliga, but they face Leipzig away from home. Leipzig have scored 2.67 goals per home game. And Bayern Leverkusen have scored 2.25. And uh, this should be a really tasty fixture on Saturday night. Next up, we will take a look at the over 2.5 goals trends pages as well. And um, PSV here, 8 out of 8. We just mentioned them, didn't we? Bayern Munich are also here, 8 out of 8. The odds for PSV, 1.44. So this page is... It's good to just quickly set alerts from this. So 1.44, let me know if it hits 1.8 and then I'll take a look at it. I'll be interested and you can look at the, the data behind PSV. Do they score more in the first half, the second half, especially away from home? And the thing is, every opponent knows that PSV are going to beat you. It's highly, highly likely. So 
how do you approach the first 15, 20 minutes? Well, you just want to make sure you don't concede. So you could see the odds rising potentially. Notts County playing on Saturday at 3pm. 12 out of their 13 games have seen three or more goals. And they are hosting Stockport County, who, when they play away from home, average 3.25 goals in their games. 75% of all their away games have seen three or more goals being scored. And Stockport themselves have scored in 92% of away games. Um, and that is the same number for Notts County in terms of home goals. They've scored in 92% of home games. So that could be a really interesting one. That one actually looks quite good for BTTS as well. It's 1.6 at the moment for over 2.5 goals. So again, you know, if you've watched any of my videos or listened to any of the previous podcast episodes, I never recommend putting on massive, massive accumulators at the weekend. Go for doubles, go for singles if you if you can. Um, I usually try and get doubles that are over evens, maybe 2.5 or something. By combining a couple of plays like that, so Notts County over 2.5 at 1.6, maybe you can get better odds somewhere else, it's likely, and then combining it with something else. So that is one that we'll do then for the uh, purpose of this uh, podcast. We'll go Notts County over 2.5 goals. Incidentally, BTTS 1.54. So th this is something that I always look at. I always combine, uh, sorry, I always compare those two markets because I think it's quite interesting. So 1.54 converted to probability is 64%. So if the bookmaker is offering you 1.54, that means that their implied probability is 64.9%. So just think about that for a second. And this is just what runs through my mind when I'm weighing up um, over 2.5 goals. They're giving it a 64% chance of both teams scoring. Now, what's the likelihood that if both teams score in this game, it, it creates a more open game and we do see just one more goal? Given the data that we've already looked at, for me, it's quite likely. Stockport scoring in 92% of away games, but also scoring two or more goals in 67% of away games and 63% of all games. So actually marginally better away from home in terms of goals scored. And for Notts County, they have scored two or more goals in 77% of home games. So yeah, this one looks pretty good, but that's just the thought, the, the thought process there in terms of looking at the odds that are available, converting it to probability, and then having to think about it. Next on to some half-time markets, and um, I'm just looking at the teams to win at half-time based on, you know, how many times they've already done it. Uh, Bayern Munich, 6 out of 8 at home, 1.36 to do it again. Um, not worth it in my opinion, but maybe you can set an alert, you, and then again, just take a look at the data, how many goals have they scored late. Their average goals per first half at home is 1.63. They've scored a first half goal in 88%. Of home games at home, they hardly concede at home in the first half. And for Werder Bremen, um, they have hardly scored a first half goal away from home. 0.25 on average per first half. So again, it might be one to look out for and the trends page does a good job of creating these shortlists for you. But it's one that you would just set an alert on. And I'm going to do that now. Just let me know if, if it hits 1.8 for a first half goal. Now, even though this page, the entry into this game, was games won by half-time, um, it doesn't mean you have to bet on that necessarily. I, I still tend to go with um, just first-half goal because it's it's just taking away a little bit more risk. If you've got a team that really does start quickly, then um, the Asian line for first-half goals is also quite good if you go one or more. And obviously you get the refund if there is only one. So again, just, just less risk. Um, but with these trends pages, you can quite easily see 
when there is a team that consistently scores or wins um, in the first four, 45 minutes of games. We will end with the individual BTTS trends page. So there are five 100% records this weekend, and uh, one of them we've already mentioned, Brighton. So 1.7 uh, the odds for BTTS there, Monday night as they host Wolves. 10 out of 10 games for them at home have seen BTTS landing, so no clean sheets. Now, Wolves, they have Juan um, out uh, he's at the Asian Cup, so I th he was playing really well and scoring consistently for them. So I would be a little bit cautious of that. I think they've, they've had a little bit of something taken away. I'm not sure if Neto is back yet as well, but if, if he is, obviously that's a plus. But if he's also out, I would just prompt you to look at the team news for that one before you make any decisions, because I think with Wolves, it is quite crucial. They weren't free-flowing and, and scoring plenty of goals last season, under O'Neill, it has improved, but Juan has been a, a massive part of that, I think. Now, on Saturday at 3pm, Bristol Rovers welcome Blackpool. Now, this is a Blackpool side that, as I record this on Thursday morning, played 120 minutes in the FA Cup last night. They played against Forest. Uh, they lost 3-2. It was an intense game. Uh, they put a good team out, Blackpool. So I think there will be changes and there will be tired legs for this game. Now, Bristol Rovers has seen BTTS in 10 out of their 11 home games. They've scored in every single home game, but they've also conceded in 91% of games. Um, I'm a Blackpool fan, so potentially biased, but also I feel I've got a, a better understanding of this Blackpool team than than, than just the data. It, it's not necessarily built on a rock-solid defence, this Blackpool team. We've got wing-backs that love to attack. We leave spaces in behind. And away from home, Critchley has not yet found a working system. Um, the away form is really kind of chalk and cheese com in comparison to, to the home form where we are very solid. We've conceded in 75% of away games, but on our day, um, you know, we went to Portsmouth and scored four when they were still unbeaten and sitting top of the league. We've scored an average of one goal per game. Um, and given the, the, the 120 minutes in these players' legs, and given that some of them will have to play again, because I don't think we've got the squad depth to just make serious changes and still get something from this game, not given how well... Bristol Rovers are doing in terms of scoring goals. They've scored in every single home game. So what's to say they won't do it again in this game, given the record of Blackpool and uh, the performances on the road so far this season? Now, one thing to weigh up is that BTTS has landed in just 33% of away games for Blackpool. We've scored in 50% of games. Um, so that there is kind of a coin toss. Which Blackpool are you going to get? This one, for me, given the, the, the form defensively and offensively at Bristol Row was 1.75. We can combine that with the over 2.5 goals before. It was Notts County, wasn't it, at 1.62, which should give us odds of around 2.83. Um, so there we go. We've created a double from the trends page. Let's see how that one does across the weekend. I hope you've enjoyed this trends digest. You can get your own trends digest by firstly just you know going on the trends pages and taking a look, but you can also set up custom alerts that will hit your telegram every morning as a digest so you set the markets that you care about so you might say home wins first half goals nil nils uh over 2.5 goals whichever you like uh, both teams to be booked twice and the trends digest will automatically land in your telegram around half seven every day and it'll just be a list of the upcoming games a little bit of uh, data and then you can click in and just view any game that you want 
and it's become a really uh, convenient feature on Odd Alerts. And um, if you try it out, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as well. Bit of a transfer episode. And then, of course, uh, an introduction into the Trends Digest, which I will try and do um, every episode if you like it, because it's quite easy for me to just, you know, browse the trends and uh, give some thoughts on the games. There's always interesting games upcoming, and uh, that is kind of the reason for the trends page. It, it acts as a, a great entry, um, a great shortlist, a convenient way to group certain games and teams, and um, all within the context of the top performing teams in a certain market with um, utility as well. You can quickly view the key stats for that market and uh, set alerts and see the odds all without leaving the page. So thank you. If you've enjoyed this, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching it on YouTube as well. And um, I will see you in the next one.